All right. LinkedIn. It is an elusive platform that I know has mega potential for fueling my business. But here's a confession. I don't really use it and I don't really fully understand how it even works. I mean, I have a profile there, some employment history, a few endorsements. I have a profile photo and some words that I slapped down in the about me section way back when, but that's about it. And here's the thing. I know this platform is a powerhouse for making connections, forming lasting business relationships, gaining credible knowledge, and generating leads. So today I'm calling on my new friend and LinkedIn strategist, April Shekatano, to help show me the way. April is a powerhouse marketing and PR expert from her own Virginia Beach-based firm called Mix and Shine, where she has carved herself a little corner of the internet with expertise in LinkedIn strategy, business SEO, and Google Your Business. So if you've been thinking about leveraging LinkedIn to up your own business game, to make powerful connections, to find experts, hire and outsource talent, or maybe for your own career advancement, or maybe you just plain want to be using LinkedIn with a little more smarts than you have been, well, today's episode is for you. So let's settle in and get our LinkedIn game on. Are you ready? You're listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. Around here, we believe that taking imperfect action rules. So we're creating space for you to dive in and fast track your success one workshop at a time. Now, refill your coffee cup, grab your notebook, and get ready to join in on your weekly training, listen to meaningful conversation, and learn from industry experts. Here's your host, Kelly Lawson. Hello, April Shakatano. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to chat with you about all things LinkedIn today. Yeah, thanks, Kelly, for having me. I'm excited to be here. So, April, let's start with finding out who you are. What brings you to my podcast studio to talk about all things LinkedIn today? So, I guess you ran into me through another photographer because I taught a LinkedIn workshop. That's true. Shout out to Angie. (laughs) Yes, Angie's the best. Man, what good energy that group was. That matters so much in a workshop setting, you know, like that you get that energy back from people and everything. So I had a great time doing that. I own an agency in Virginia Beach. And very often, I am in a B2C setting. So businesses marketing to mass consumers, right? Meanwhile, my business is B2B. So that's really how I came to discover LinkedIn as such an effective platform for making those one-to-one connections and getting business. Amazing. And I think LinkedIn is one of those social platforms that many of us kind of just push aside. I mean, my perspective on it, full disclosure, is that it's kind of like a glorified resume. So I don't even think that I need LinkedIn until it's like, maybe I'm on a job hunt, or maybe I'm hunting for talent or something like that. But I'm understanding from people like yourself that it's a lot more useful than that. Yes. And you know what? You are not alone in that feeling. In fact, most people have some kind of negative past experience with LinkedIn because the time we used it most is when we were looking for a job, needed to find a job, right? Those are stressful 
timeframes. So it's been very interesting because LinkedIn has been totally reframed, especially, I don't know if you guys noticed this when you logged into LinkedIn, but when we were all in quarantine, what really happened was people got a lot more personal on LinkedIn because people are home with kids. They're trying to figure out how to work from home. They're not able to connect with people face-to-face in everyday life. And LinkedIn actually really shifted the tone, which has been so enjoyable to see that unfold. I also think as business owner, what's important to understand about LinkedIn is unlike your other social platforms where you are promoting and marketing yourself, On LinkedIn, everybody's here to talk about work. So you don't have to have three posts that are like entertaining or anything. You can really focus on work. And that's a little bit freeing in a way. Absolutely. And it's good to kind of have those parameters and differentiations between platforms, because I think if LinkedIn went ahead and got super personal, well, then it's just going to start to look like Facebook or maybe even Instagram. Yeah, that's very true. I think that something that I've noticed is that if you start following like these big personalities like Sarah Blakely, Ariana Huffington, right? Often when you connect with them, it kind of feels like, how do I even get through to this person, right? They get so many comments, so many likes. So it's like, how do I get personal when somebody has that much attention on them, right? But what's really happening is the value is in the comments. So it's not about that big influencer. It's a household name. It's about the discussions that happen in the comments and responding to those people and connecting with them. And so that's one thing I would challenge everyone to do is start talking to strangers. Get yourself into that setting where you're following someone who inspires you and connect with their following. And that's something that has been pretty interesting to see unfold because, you know, sure, there was that one time I got a comment back from Rebecca Minkoff and that was very exciting. But the real value was in everybody else in that thread who I connected with who were a little more accessible to me. Absolutely. So do you need to be first connected to the individual before you can leave comments on their posts or can anybody comment on anything? No, you will notice on LinkedIn, you get lots of friend of a friend posts, right? There will be people who show up in your feed who you've never met before. So basically on LinkedIn, you want to pretend everyone is at a coffee shop with you talking to you. That's the energy you want to bring to the comments as though they've intended it for you, as though they're waiting on your feedback. And that makes it a lot easier to reply because, you know, on LinkedIn, I think a lot of us feel pressure to be an expert, but everyone on LinkedIn is an expert. So you don't have to do that. (laughs) You get to be a little bit more vulnerable. You get to say, this is what I'm dealing with at work right now. Has anybody ever experienced that? Or you can say, here's my workspace today. Looks like I need to clean my desk. How about you guys? (laughs) Right? Like that's all very like accessible stuff that everybody relates to. And relatability is so much more important on LinkedIn than expertise. Okay, very interesting. Because my perspective on the outside looking in is that it's very much suits and ties, very conservative and formal. And I didn't get the impression that it was a super conversational type of platform. So this is all kind of Mm -hmm. news to me as well. Well, let me tell you why that may be. Okay. If your LinkedIn feed does not feel fresh and exciting, it's probably because you're not following enough people or you're not following the right kinds of topics, right? So it's something that everyone, everyone needs to do is go into your profile and write this one down. It's under me, then posts and activity, then followers, then follow fresh perspectives. 
And what you will find there, it's so buried, (laughs) what you will find there is a chance to follow influencers, a chance to follow hashtags that interest you, and a chance to follow interest areas. And if you go in there once every two, three months and add some new things, your feed is going to totally change. Because I think a lot of times we all get stuck with like, oh, you know, that coworker from 10 years ago is posted and so-and-so who I work with posted and it's in your bubble, right? Like it's in the people you know already. So you really can expand those horizons with the follow fresh perspectives function. Okay, interesting. So LinkedIn is not just for people looking to hire people or people looking to get a job. This is really good to know. So April, the majority of our listeners would be like entrepreneurs in the creative space. So I'm wondering how entrepreneurs in the creative space might leverage a platform like LinkedIn. Mm, So, okay, I'm excited. For entrepreneurs in the creative space, you have a chance on LinkedIn to pull back the curtain on your creative process. Mm -hmm. People like behind the scenes and LinkedIn is such a great place to share that. So think of all the prep work that goes into any creative endeavor and take that and turn it into steps in the process and start to show people what that looks like behind the scenes. Because then you don't have to say, hey, I'm the expert or hey, I'm your go-to for this or that project. They're going to see it unfold right in front of them and they're going to go, oh, you know what? I just thought of so-and-so for this because I saw that they shared that, right? So you're basically going to make yourself familiar and a known entity to people who don't know you yet. Absolutely. And that sounds really similar to really any other social platform. You know, you like to show kind of the process, you like to show the people, you like to show the product and kind of start to build that know, like, and trust factor with people who come upon your content. Exactly. And the important part of this too is on LinkedIn, there's so many lurkers. There are so many people who log in and just kind of scroll through, see what people are doing, they give you a little like, but they're not posting anything. So we're looking at 0.5% of LinkedIn users are actually contributing content. So if you do contribute content, if you do post, you have low competition for views. And something to keep in mind when you do post, images are really powerful. So you're talking about five times the interaction when you use an image with your post. I want to interrupt for a quick sec to tell you about a product that I've recently come across. I have never been a fan of wearing pantyhose. Most of the time after one wash, they would pill and tear. And honestly, it always just felt like an enormous waste of money to own them. Then came Sheertex. The strongest pantyhose in the world delivered right to my door in the cutest little box. Their fibers don't exist anywhere else on the market. They actually miniaturize the fibers used in bulletproof vests to create a knit just as strong as the people who wear them. You basically have to be Hulk to rip these things. And they have quickly converted me into a person that raves endlessly about my shears. I don't want you to miss out. So head over to kellylawson.ca slash sheertex, S-H-E-E-R-T-E-X and use the code kellyslawson10 to save 10% on your new pair of shears today. So what types of people are hanging out on LinkedIn? Like what's the demographic that's there? Mm, I'm glad you asked. Okay, so we are talking about people who are money-minded, right? So like they have careers, they're making at least 75K a year. That's what we're talking about. You know, the millennial cohort is there, but you're really talking about people who are a little bit older than millennials. So your Gen Xers or your boomers. But in that way, they're also your decision makers, the people with budget. It's actually interesting that 
41% of millionaires are on LinkedIn. Your average CEO has 930 connections. And what's important to know here is that when you're on a social platform that's managed by a social media manager, that's who you're talking to in the direct messages, right? When you're on LinkedIn, you are talking to the person in the profile. It's very seldom that someone has someone manage their LinkedIn for them. So we're talking about direct access here. Okay, got you. So now if we wanted to go ahead and log into LinkedIn and kind of look to what to do, like if I wanted to audit my account, because I probably haven't logged in there in a little while myself. So if I wanted to go in there and kind of give it an overhaul and make sure that it was optimized to highlight what content I have to put out into the world or what product services or offers I have for sale, how can I optimize my account? So the important thing to know is do not let a perfect profile keep you from engaging. Engaging is more important than what your profile looks like. So all that said, let me tell you what you can do on your profile. Something that I kept for way too long and I changed it and I felt so much better. Your skills and endorsement section where it says like what you do best, right? Put them in the order you want them and delete anything you don't want more of. For years, I got endorsed for press releases. I don't really need or want to write more press releases, right? So I finally removed it. And sure, The items that I added there don't have as many endorsements as press releases does, but at least it lines up with what I want to do, right? So it's a quick fix and it's something that you won't even realize how much better you feel about it until you see it there and you go, yes, that is where my career is going. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Something else you want to do is anytime LinkedIn gives you a field, populate it. So in the contact info, fill in all of those sections and make sure that even if you just have a website, link to an interior page. They give you a chance to add three different exterior links. So use those. Okay. So let's talk a little bit more about endorsements because that sounds like something that's coming from someone else. So do I have control over endorsements? Can I ask people to endorse me for something that maybe I want to do more of? So endorsements, they're a little funny. They just pop up in your feed and it'll ask, it'll say, hey, do you want to endorse Kelly for podcasting? And I'll say, yeah, I sure do. So to a degree, LinkedIn really pushes those items. So it's a little bit out of your hands. What is in your hands is the reviews. So this is where you want to go back into your career past lives. You want to go and review one of your former colleagues and say, hey, just left you a review. I would love it if you could do the same. It's all good stuff because you're connecting with your past colleagues. Everybody's getting positive reviews on their account. And what you want is... In your mix of reviews, you want two to be from the past year. Okay. So you're going to want to keep those up to date. Yes, exactly. All right. And now when I'm logging on there and, you know, I've got a particular goal in mind, okay, I want to position myself as a podcaster and that's where I'd like to kind of get the majority of my endorsements and have the majority of my conversations. Where do I start? What do I do? Do I just go in and optimize my profile? Do I just poke around and find someone and send them a DM? Like, what should I do from there? Yeah, I mean, this is where you're going to want to follow your industry hashtags and start commenting on other people's leading posts. What you will find as you comment and leave, you know, your thoughts on something, every now and then you strike gold and you'll leave a comment and people will like for a week and a half because posts on LinkedIn, they have a longer life than other platforms. Mm -hmm. So I'm still getting likes like this week because I posted on PNC Bank's post about Daniel Tiger and Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, you know, some things you would just never expect, right, that were popular. But I talked about Daniel Tiger's frustration song and how sometimes toddlers and grownups need the same thing. And so I found a few new friends because they've all related and connected over that. So that's me showing up and being myself because I spend a lot of time with a two-year-old. <laughs> that's one thing that like as you leave comments that will give you inspiration for your own posts. The other thing that you can do for your profile is to change your about section. Your about section is really your chance to tell people how you add value for a really long time, I resisted because we, we hear this all the time from everyone. Niche down, focus, and tell someone specifically what you do. Because if they don't know specifically what you do, they won't know to refer you work or to ask for things. As entrepreneurs, though, we are multi-interested and multi-passionate people. And so for us to narrow in on one thing is just a little bit frustrating because we see opportunity everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Here's how I got past that. I started thinking of this as not a comprehensive introduction to me, but a way to open the door. And once you think of it as a way to open the door so they can meet everything about you, it doesn't sting so much to niche down and to focus. And so in your about section, you want to get uncomfortably specific. You want to get specific enough that you read it and you go, ooh, but that's not all I do, right? Mm-hmm. That's okay. So Get comfortable with that. It is hard, but it's really important. Mm. The other thing you're going to do in your about section is you're going to make it about them and not about you. Don't start off like a bio, right? Where you say, this is where I went to school and this is a high point in my career, an achievement, an award. Like that's not what your about section is for. Your about section is to tell people how you help people and the pain point you resolve. So the more you speak to that, the more people will relate and know that like, hey, this is exactly the person I've been searching for. Amazing. And I think that's another differentiator on the platform. I don't know many other platforms where you would go in and say like, okay, this is about the people. The content that I'm creating is about the people who come upon my about me page because typically your about me page is about you. But in this case, it's going to be about your future clients or customers. Yep, exactly. Everything but calling them by name. Like that is how directed towards them you can be. I used to feel like I lived in a perpetual Groundhog Day. Every Sunday, I would need to sit down and take time to think about what I would cook for the week, make a list of what groceries I would need to buy, and then go spend hours at the grocery store collecting the ingredients, sometimes needing to visit two or three places to find everything I needed. And still, we felt like we were eating the same meals over and over. Enter HelloFresh. The meals are pre-planned, the groceries are gathered, and everything I need to prepare delicious meals for my family is dropped off at my door once per week. We are discovering new delicious recipes every week. I am getting the hours of meal prep time back. There is no food waste. And best of all, every meal can be prepared in just 30 minutes. Visit kellylawson.ca slash HelloFresh to check out some of my favorite meals and save $40 on your first box. That's kellylawson.ca slash HelloFresh. Tell me a little bit about putting content onto LinkedIn. Is it something that I would just send like links to my blogs? Can I repurpose my blogs there? Can I copy and paste content? Is that a no-no? What about some of those nitty gritty things? Okay, so you sure can. LinkedIn loves it when you use LinkedIn articles. So like repurposing a former blog post and more or less sharing like a, a version of it or something like that. That's all good stuff. What LinkedIn does not like is when you send people away from LinkedIn. So... 
if you have a link to share externally, maybe it's an article you read, maybe it's your website. Yes, do share it. But here's how you're going to do it. In your post, you know, you're going to add your image, you're going to write your post, you're going to share that the way it is. And then you're going to put the link as the first comment. Okay. This keeps you from flagging LinkedIn as like, this is directing people off the site and the algorithm will be kinder to you. Okay, the great algorithm. Yes, <laughs> always. <laughs> because my next question that I was going to ask you was how do you incorporate calls to action? Because typically we're putting out content and we want somebody to do a thing, right? We're not just putting it out there often for like the pleasure of reading it. We have an end goal in mind. So it sounds like the strategy with LinkedIn for calls to action is to have those show up in the comments. Yep, exactly. You definitely want something that a lot of people who have big followings on LinkedIn do is their first comment on their own post is always follow and they tag themselves so that basically you're inviting people to follow you, which is actually more necessary than you'd think on LinkedIn. A lot of people on LinkedIn have the policy of like, if I haven't met you in person, then I don't know why you're adding me, right? That is a mindset shift, right? Like we are here to meet new friends, So that's a change to make for sure. Absolutely. And do you have any other tips around how to please LinkedIn's algorithm? Because I think when it comes down to it with any platform, that's always kind of something that we need to be mindful of because otherwise maybe we're posting for not because the algorithm is going to be sassy and not use our content or show it to anyone. (laughs) Sassy as an algorithm quality is really perfect, actually. (laughs) So something that you can do that has helped me actually show up in my region as like a preferred marketing partner. You can apply for LinkedIn's ProFinder account. ProFinder is basically where, let's say somebody has an RFP and they need help with their marketing strategy. Well, they put that in, they post it up to LinkedIn and anyone you know, from DC to Richmond to Virginia Beach area, I get to see their requests. And as such, I can reach out to them and apply, but Maybe I won't. That's fine. It's just being activated on LinkedIn ProFinder that gives you kind of that boost in standing that helps you to be found more often. Mm -hmm. The other thing that you're going to do that's going to help you show up more because post volume is so low, post twice a week. You could even pull the content that you have from Instagram or another platform. Spend some time interacting, engaging with other people first, because you'll start to get a sense of the culture of LinkedIn, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like Instagram is to emojis as LinkedIn is to asking a question right off the bat, right? So just stuff like that, that does well on LinkedIn, you're going to start to notice once you start commenting on other people's stuff. Yeah, totally. And like, I've always had the impression that it's a bit of a different vibe. And to be honest, I don't show up there very often, which leads me to my next question, because I find I tend to show up more on social platforms where I can automate the content because let's face it, we're all super busy people. We don't necessarily have the time to kind of sit down and manually post something two or three times a week. So is there a way to automate any of this using LinkedIn? Yes, you sure can. So what you can do to schedule your posts is use Buffer. And Buffer is free. You're able to schedule a couple posts a week. If you have a business account and a personal account, you can add both to Buffer, which is nice because then you kind of double dip and make sure both of them are populated with posts. The other thing is just to make sure you have the LinkedIn app. You'll get alerts about people replying to your content. And it's important to LinkedIn that you reply when people comment on your posts. 
Okay. Yeah. Just like anything. I mean, yeah. you want that engagement and engagement is important. Most sassy algorithms really like engagement no matter they what. <laughs> so the next question that I have about LinkedIn is, can people make money off of LinkedIn? Oh, so that's a really good question. I have a good example right now. I just sent over a contract to someone that I met on LinkedIn. It is possible. You definitely can do it, but it's relationship-based. This is about one-to-one relationships. This is about showing up with the right response and conversation. And you guys have probably seen every now and then when there's that lonely post, like somebody took the time to post on LinkedIn. There's a couple likes or whatever, but no comments. Be that person, be the hero that comments and says, this is so thoughtful. Asking people questions, like that means a lot to people. So if you think about LinkedIn networking as like being a good friend, well, gosh, networking is hardly a chore when you know how to do it the way you know how to be a good friend, right? So that mindset really helps because I know that it's easy to feel salesy, you know, and, and no one likes that feeling where it's like, oh, I feel like I'm pushing too hard, that kind of thing. So show up and be a good friend. And when you help and when you show up for other people, they return the favor. Yes, absolutely. And I think that can be said of other platforms as well. Yes, totally. So how about the analytics of LinkedIn? Is there any insights that are worth digging into for creative entrepreneurs? Yes. What LinkedIn does best is it just shows you how many people have seen your individual posts. So over time, you're going to figure out like, ah, this is how this is performing, like as a topic. This is how this is performing as a day of the week to post, right? So you'll detect those trends among your own following. Certainly there are general the gist of it being post early in the morning for more traction, you know, same as the other platforms, but something that the analytics can can bear out. The other thing to watch for, this is where the pro account comes into play. You know, it's less than 100 per month. And if you're going to spend enough time on LinkedIn to make it valuable, then I would suggest doing the three-month trial and just seeing how you like it. The biggest thing that it does for you is... I don't know what it is about LinkedIn, but like, you know, that moment when you look at someone's profile and then they look at yours and then you look at yours again and nobody says anything and everybody just backs away slowly. How weird is that? Right. So Mm -hmm. now instead of seeing shadowy figures where it's like a vice president at national company has viewed your profile, you actually get to see who they are. So sometimes that's very worthwhile. Okay, so good to know. So before you go clicking around on profiles on LinkedIn, I guess (laughs) it's important to know that that person is going to know that you clicked around on their profile. Yes, exactly. Sometimes that's okay. Yeah, I mean, it's all business, right? So there's nothing bad there. If somebody's interested in what you're doing in business, that's just a conversation starter, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like, hey, I'm checking out what you're doing. And like for those of us who have Google Analytics plugged into our websites, we know if you're looking at our websites anyway. <laughs> so, right. exactly. so it's not on the internet of things. I would say that is something else to keep in mind. If you are sending a proposal over to someone, if you are reaching out for a partnership agreement or something like that, anything that you're doing proactively but cold, go over to LinkedIn and add the person there too, because it's just a nudge that says, here's my face. I am a real person. I am connected to others. And sometimes that little nudge makes a difference and you'll get a response to your email because they'll recognize your name. Have you guys seen my new website? 
It's pretty gorgeous. And if I know you, you're probably feeling like your website isn't as good as you'd like it to be, and you're struggling a little to find the perfect solution. Well, my friend, I have some advice for you. Get a tonic site. Until I discovered tonic, I was on that struggle bus too. And my tonic site has forever changed the way I show up online and in my business. Tonic sites are completely customizable, they're code-free, and built with all the best marketing strategies in mind. It's time for you to have a site that looks just as good and probably even better than others in your industry so you can finally stand out in a way that's perfectly unique to you. And today, I'm giving you that extra little nudge that I think you've been waiting for. Save 15%, that's up to $200 on your new site. Just go to kellylawson.ca slash tonic site to find your perfect site and use the code Kelly Lawson to save 15% on your gorgeous new site today. So if a person were to log on to LinkedIn today, give their profile a little makeover, create an about me section that, you know, is really directed to the people landing on your LinkedIn profile rather than technically about yourself. What's the main goal here? Like, is it engagement? Do we want to post things that gets people commenting? What should we be setting out to accomplish with LinkedIn? I think that you want to consider it the biggest conference you've ever been to. So let's think about the next year. With COVID, Like we're not going to conferences. We're not going to networking events. We're not shaking hands. LinkedIn is such a good platform and a needed platform right now. So if you start thinking of it in those terms as like, who's my dream client? How do I work my way over to them, right? Mm-hmm. You can probably find people with the exact like their title, the company, they're your dream client. And now they have a name, right? Because if you don't get specific about what you're looking for in your business, then how can you make that happen, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to get specific. You want to find those exact people. You want to look for friends of friends, right? Like, oh, it turns out my former colleague, Kelly, is connected to this person over at, you know, this other company. I wonder if Kelly could introduce me. Or let me just connect with them and say, hey, found you through Kelly Lawson and thought that I I would say hi. Looks like we have a lot in common. That's the way to make that connection. Okay. I like that analogy because now I'm really able to conceptualize, okay, this makes sense. So has LinkedIn really done anything to kind of, I guess, step up to the plate during the COVID lockdown and the fact that we're not networking or having conferences in person? Are they hosting specific events or anything like that that are virtual or... There is a LinkedIn learning platform. So when we're not going to conferences or expanding our like education, they are providing that kind of connection, which is awesome. The other thing is LinkedIn actually has a new CEO this year. With a leadership change, that's the thing with all these platforms. With any leadership change, you see a change in the platform itself. Something that changed this summer was that in the algorithm, they put more emphasis on, quote, dwell time, meaning... Engagement, like number of likes on a post, that's fine. What they want to see is someone opening to read more or staying to watch the video and spending more time with your posts. So yes, LinkedIn now supports a little bit lengthier posts and video is definitely something that you can look forward to seeing more of. They're even trialing like a LinkedIn stories, much like Instagram stories. So there's a lot more ahead for LinkedIn. Very interesting, which you touched on my next question, which was what type of content performs best on LinkedIn? Should I be writing long form blog posts or, mm-hmm. you know, you 
the sense that Instagram, it can be a short caption or a long form caption. Facebook is more about posting photos. What's LinkedIn's thing? LinkedIn likes stories. They like you to tell the story of some occasion where maybe everything went wrong, but then one thing went right and it was all worth it, right? Like, so dig back into your career and think about those moments that stand out to you and start telling those stories. Something to keep an eye out for is, so you know what Facebook reactions, right? We're crying, we're laughing, we're angry, right? (laughs) So LinkedIn, their reactions are like nowhere else on the internet. On LinkedIn, you can like, you can love, but then you can celebrate, you can insightful, and you can tag it curious. So tailor your content toward those themes. Anything that gets you thinking, gets you excited. Any milestone in your career that you want to celebrate, it could be the beginning of Summer Fridays. That's something to celebrate. People on LinkedIn love to join you in just kind of raising each other up and saying good work because that's part of what your career is all about is achievement. And so anytime you can showcase that in the smallest ways is appreciated. Amazing. Well, I definitely have some work to do to step up my LinkedIn game. I was thinking about getting you to look at my profile and critiquing it here, but it would be pretty scathing. I don't know (laughs) if you wanted to take a peek at it or not. It's been a long time. I don't even know what it looks like. I think once in a while, maybe I posted some content there, but I'm realizing now that it's a platform that I should really be showing up on, if nothing else keeping an up-to-date profile and maybe posting some content there as well. So I don't know if it would make sense to like take a quick sec and just go through it, like to say like, here's where you're going wrong or here's where, right? I don't know. Yeah, let's take a look. And you know what? Whenever you get there and you post, you add me and I will show up and I'll be that cheerleader. I totally will. Yeah, great. Well, let's take a look. I would love to. Okay, amazing. Right off the bat, there are many Kelly Lawson's. (laughs) <laughs> to find your profile. <laughs> there are more than just me out there. I do see your profile. So that's a good start. It's visible. <laughs> yes. Well, actually, you'd be surprised <laughs> to make sure your profile is public and that people can see it because otherwise you could be posting, but not actually reaching people. Okay. Well, first of all, Kelly, I'm impressed by the number of recommendations you have. You have received 24 and given two. That's an amazing response right there. Did you request those specifically or they just came to you? Well, back in the day when I first lost my job, I suddenly turned to LinkedIn because I wasn't sure what I was going to do next. And at that time, I did ask for some recommendations. I'm just looking at them now as well. Probably just scrolling, the majority of them came in organically. I didn't ask for most of them, but there's definitely a handful there that I did ask for. I'm feeling guilty that I didn't give more (laughs) recommendations than three. So that's a little lopsided. I'm going to need to get in there and give some more recommendations to even that out. I feel guilty about that. But yeah, I did ask for some of those recommendations back when I was job hunting. And that would have been a solid 10 years ago. You might want some new ones. And there's actually really nothing wrong with your ratio. It just looks like people have kind of just jumped in of their own volition. It hasn't been even like that they required you to do a review for them. So I think you're fine on that front. Okay. Something else I might look at for your profile is in your experience section, some of the companies that you've been with are just these gray boxes. So what you can do is if you go into make some revisions to that, you should be able to find the organization on LinkedIn and connect them. 
So that way you get a little icon with the logo of the business instead of the little gray box. Okay. So you could make that update. Looks like in your featured section that you have partner with me, you can have up to three things featured at any given time. So I might find two more things to feature that tell a little bit more about you before you go with the partner with me, like prompt, right? So something that is, maybe it's like a blog post with your five favorite photos you've ever taken, right? Like that would be something great in the feature box because people will say, oh, this is the work she's most excited to share, right? So you might be able to add more to the feature section. And then overall, it looks like, you know, you've got lots of information in your about section, but I might give that the lens of your ideal customer, what they most are looking for, right? So right now it's more narrative in your story, but maybe adding some things about why would someone really love a photographer that's right-brained? If you could explain like, these are the qualities that you can expect from me every time, like super organized or something like that, someone is going to see that and go, ah, yes, that's what I've been looking for. Mm -hmm. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. I'm going to need to go in there and give that a little makeover for sure. Yeah, but overall, I mean, your background image is really nice and makes it very clear what you do, which is something that most people, they either don't have a background at all, or it's just a little too hard to determine kind of what your go-to for, right? So you want to find something to drop in that top header. It is no secret at all that I love to shop. When I find something I love, I buy it in every color and I live in it. Generally speaking, I dress for casual style and comfort, but I also invest in pieces that go with everything else in my closet. I guess I'm a lover of leverageability in all areas of life. I get asked a lot where I got my clothing items and I try to tag these products as I post them online. But for those of you that want to get a better look at what I'm adding to my capsule each season, head to kellylawson.ca slash mystyle. I'll add the latest and greatest fashion items as I find them and link to the best deals I can find. So make sure you check in regularly and happy shopping workshop warriors. Thank you for doing that. I know I kind of pounced it on you, but I thought it would be a good opportunity to do a little walkthrough and kind of point out some of the common maybe mistakes that people like me who don't use LinkedIn every day. It looks like I really kind of just copied and pasted what would be suitable for something like Instagram into LinkedIn and it just doesn't really work that way. It's always good to leverage what is working well on other platforms and then just kind of tailor it to the culture of the current platform. So, you know, I always, I hate hate to add to someone's plate, like, hey, are you overwhelmed by social media? Here's another platform. (laughs) It's like, uh, it's a little overwhelming sometimes. But to be honest, I have really enjoyed LinkedIn and I found it very like enriching in my career. And it's actually a very inspired platform. I can see that. So I can't thank you enough for coming here and sharing all of your expertise about LinkedIn. I'm wondering if you have kind of that one send off thing for listeners. If there's one thing if after they listen to this today that they could go and do today to like get that LinkedIn profile kind of a little polished, what could they do? The presentation that I had on LinkedIn, I, I turned it upside down at the last minute before I shared it because I had profile things to fix and then what to post and then how to engage it's upside down. How to engage and talking to people, that is the most important thing you can do. So I would say if there's a homework assignment, something to leave with, it's to go onto LinkedIn and find five posts 
and just leave a comment and see how that feels. Like, you know, when somebody puts themselves out there and they get a response, like they feel really good. So just know that like you can have an influence on LinkedIn. I think that's, that's the important thing to remember is when you're out there that like somebody really needs you. Mm -hmm. Somebody wants to hear from you. And if you start thinking about that way, it's like, oh, that's no chore at all. Absolutely. And I have a friend who has a course all about helping seniors or like older people outside of the workforce find their way back into the workforce. And she has a course around that. So she did a free workshop about it and it got shared on LinkedIn. And I know that that led to a lot of leads and then sales. So it definitely impacted her bottom line. And I think that's part of the reason why I was like, hang on, that platform has magical nuggets that we need to know about. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. It's so true. Awesome. Well, April, thank you so much. Tell me how people can get in touch with you if they want to know anything else. Well, as you know, I'm on LinkedIn. (laughs) So (laughs) you can find me at April Shakatano. That's S-C-I-A-C-C-H-I-T-A-N-O. I know it's a tough one, but <laughs> but I'm there. The other places on Instagram were at Mix and Shine PR. Mix and Shine is my agency that I co-founded with a business partner. And she'll be the one over on Instagram. I'll be the one over on LinkedIn. And between the two of us, we'd love to hear from you. Love to hear your thoughts on this episode too. And what else do you want to know? Absolutely. Thank you so much, April. It has been so much fun chatting with you. Thanks, Kelly. Okay, so I just learned a whole lot. And on top of that, I have a little work to do to up my LinkedIn game and get it working to generate leads and resources and connections to grow my business. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode and I hope it got you thinking about how you can use LinkedIn a little more strategically in your life and in your business. So until next week, Workshop Warriors, thank you for tuning in yet again and keep crushing those goals. Thanks for listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. If you like our show and want to know more, check out www.theworkshopweekly.com or leave a review on iTunes. And we'll see you next week for another action-packed episode, you Workshop Warrior, you.